Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content, not just the front line with Joe and Joe. And no matter where you are, you can listen to all of our programming. And if you don't mind terribly, follow Joe and I where you find us on social media. Uh, our primary spot there would be on YouTube at the Frontline TV and our website, thefrontlinetv.com, thefrontlinetv.com, if you'd like to support us. And today, we are very pleased and honored to be joined by Dan DiMattei, and we're going to be discussing his new book, Dream Bigger, a 21-day journey to unlock God's dream for your life. And many of you out there in our audience, you know who Dan is because he's been on EWTN and numerous Catholic, Catholic outlets. However, for those of you who do not, a quick, uh, a quick bio, Dan DiMatteo is a motivational speaker who has realized that there is, there is truly no dream worth living for other than the dream of heaven. He preaches the good news, not the mediocre news or the I hope this is this isn't too big of an inconvenience news. Dan knows that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only message worth living for and worth dying for. Dan DiMattei, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe, brother. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's good to be here. Awesome. Thank you for coming. We're doing all right. Love being with two Joes on one night. There we go. There we go. We're going to start with the president. And, and you're Italian, I'm assuming. You got that vowel at the end of your name. So we got three Italians. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so we're going to start with a prayer, Dan. We always start with prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, but for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Dan, as Joe said, we're going to talk about your book, Dream Bigger. And to be honest with you, I love it. I love great books. I love talking about going on an adventure, following the Lord, because that is the greatest adventure. And if we're going to dream, we should dream big. But I'm going to tell you this. I want to talk a little bit before we get into that about Damascus. Um, I, I have listened to you on EWTN, and I'll be honest with you. I think you guys do a great job. I'm not just saying that. Um, you actually, I listened to you particularly before Lent. I've just passed this on. You gave me some good ideas. Uh, for my own Lenten journey, and I had a good Lent. So uh, tell us about Damascus. I'm sure our listeners uh, know about it, and if they don't, they should. Yeah, praise the Lord. Uh, Damascus, we're a community of missionaries, so uh, God has really brought together an amazing young adult community of uh, missionaries, and uh, our goal is to bring life-changing encounters to as many young people as possible. So we have uh, about we have a 500-acre campus in Serenberg, Ohio. We run retreats and uh, camps for middle schoolers and high schoolers. We have another camp we're opening up in uh, uh, Minnesota, and we're hoping to open up other camps around the country. But ultimately, our goal is to bring young people and their families into these Damascus moments. So the way Paul had a life-changing encounter on the road to Damascus, and he encountered Jesus Christ, he heard the voice of Jesus Christ. We uh, facilitate retreats and camp opportunities for people to encounter Jesus, to hear his voice to see him present in the Eucharist, to experience the Holy Spirit. And then, like Paul was uh, propelled to a life on mission, uh, once he left Damascus, we want to be a people who uh, deploy young uh, and old alike into the missionary lifestyle. So really, we're trying to renew the missional heart of the church and to do it through uh, Holy Spirit encounters. 
that no, that's awesome because I'll tell really you what I, I I think like people need community. Um, I really do. I think that's something, you know, we talked to a lot of different people, uh, a, a gentleman who I read his book and we had him on the show a couple of times, Brandon McGinley. He wrote a book called The Prodigal Church. And he talked a lot about in that book, he was from Pittsburgh, about basically the lack of community. Um, I think we could do better as Catholics in that regard, really. Because I mean, like you look at other denominations, like I have a friend that's uh, a Pentecostal Christian. Um, I worked with a wonderful person and he'll spend, not saying like this is the model, but all day on Saturday, like him and his family go to their church. He has really two nice kids and like their life is their church. Catholics, it's like, we go to church, we run out of church. You know, like, like, and that, I'm not saying you got to spend all day there, but like, I think there's opportunities to build community and that's what you're doing. And that's very important. Um, talk about the need for community, because I'll be honest with you, whether you're young or old, I think we could do a better job at it. And, and you're doing that. And I think that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome point. You know, it's, it's funny because we don't talk about it much. We talk about prayer and the Eucharist, confession, the rosary. Uh, but I've been I've been doing ministry for 20 years. And I'll tell you what I've seen over those 20 years, the make it or break it, whether you sustain the faith or you fill out the faith, but you keep missionary zeal or become complacent. And the make it or break it is community. You know, like if I'm around people who are running fast, I run fast. If I'm around the fat and the lazy spiritually, I become fat and lazy. And so uh, I'm with, and whether I'm with people who, who sharpen me, I mean, Jesus was intentional. He called together a people. He didn't, he didn't call together individuals and send them on individual missions. He, he called together a people. He formed them as a people and he sent them off on mission as a people. And so, you know, the, I love my favorite phrase from Gaudium. Uh, I mean, not Gaudium, it says, uh, the joy of the gospel, um, Francis calls the church a community of missionary disciples, and the that that it starts with community. That in order for us to actually be missionary disciples, we need to know what it means to be community. And so, if you don't have community, it's it's actually um, I always say you're called to either um, form it or find it, right? And so, if you can't find it, then you got to form it. And uh, it, sometimes it's a little harder to form it. Uh, but if it's not around, the the Lord needs someone like you to help form awesome community. I, I think it, it's so important because when we grew up, Dan, you know, Joe and I are from from North New Jersey. You were born into the Catholic community. It was there. It was a, it was an urban area. So you were born into it. Now, like you said, we have to if, if they're out there, we have to find them. And if they're not out there, we we might have to create them. And and um and you're doing that. Um, and on, on a certain level, Joe and I, in our ways, you know, we, we've either joined groups of men in particular, you mentioned about, you know, we need to sharpen each other, iron sharpens iron. Um, so yes, very important, but we have, that's going to require some work. And we that's why we're yeah. appreciative of, of what you're doing. So let's, let's jump into a little bit. Um, so in doing research for the interview, uh, what we read about your book is, um, that this is a book for, this is a quote, this is a book for world changers for people ready to lay down everything in order to discover the adventure that God has in store for their lives. So everybody wants to, everybody wants to go on an adventure. Everybody wants to be Frodo, but nobody wants to sacrifice. So they don't want that. They don't want that part of, of the story. They don't want the ring that they want to go on the adventure. Okay. Um, yeah. Talk about the adventure, the adventure that God has in store for our lives and how we can open ourselves up to it, how we can change the world. Yeah, you know, I think Joe thinks uh, one of the oh one of the things I care most about in life is preaching uh, the full gospel message. And in Luke chapter nine, Jesus Christ tells us if we wish to be a disciple, we must deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow Him. And what he what you know that that word deny ourselves it doesn't mean like give up chocolate for Lent. You know, like that's what two thousand years of uh, wishy washy preaching has has created, but. Uh, when the disciples heard that, the Greek word there is to disown yourself, to literally disown yourself, to, that the old person I was before encountering Jesus Christ and before following him, I'm disowning that. I'm no longer in relationship with that person. And in Christ Jesus, I have fundamentally changed myself and my entire existence. And at one point, 
I live to advance my own kingdom, my comfort kingdom, my me and my own. And after encountering Jesus, my entire horizon changed that I now live to advance the kingdom of God. And so the, you know, it's, um, the, I think the reason we don't do great things for the church often is because we're not willing to lay our lives down wholeheartedly for the church. And so being men and women who see that the gospel is an all in invitation and that God's asking not for a part of our life, he's asking for all of our life. That means whether I work in a secular workforce, I, uh, you know, I'm a young adult, an older adult, no matter who I am, the Lord's asking for all of me. And I have to ask myself, not how, how do I fit Jesus into my life, but how do I give all of my life to him? And once we do that, it's that element of saying, okay, Lord, I'm all in for you. It's not that I'm asking Jesus, because I think a lot of times we're like, hey, Jesus, will you follow me? Like, like I want to go to work, and I want to have this career, and I want to raise a family. Jesus, can you follow me? Can you help me raise my family? Can you help me in my career? He doesn't say, hey, can I follow you? He says, you follow me. And so it's, we've actually, I think, missed who we're supposed to be following. And it's, I get behind what Jesus wants. And when I learn to get behind what he wants, another way of saying that is when I stop asking God to bless what I'm doing and I start blessing what God's doing, it fundamentally shows me a different kind of existence. And it allows me to see an adventure that maybe I didn't realize was even out there. Um, you know, the church, the church is in a... Um, uh, it's in a crossroads right now. But how are we going to sanctify a generation that has rejected him? And how are we going to win nations back that have fallen? We won nations in the early church. So we won all of Europe. This America was a Christian nation. We're now a post-Christian nation here in America. And it's time to win the nation again. And it's not going to be won by wishy-washy spirituality. One by men and women who give everything to following Jesus and ask him, Lord, where are you sending me and how can I give my life to you? Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, real quick, Joe Rissinello, if anybody's just joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, we're being joined by Dan DiMatteo. We're discussing his new book, Dream Bigger, a 21-day journey to unlock God's dream for your life. My apologies, Joe Rissinello, I cut you off. Where no, it's have? okay, it's okay. I mean, world changers are saints. Saints are world changers. And, and I mean, to be honest with you, no matter what your vocation is, whether you're a priest, you're a single person, whether you're married, if you follow the teachings of the church according to your vocation, you will change the world. You will change your family first. You will change your community next, and it will get bigger and bigger and broader and broader. And that's how it works. Like, I've yeah. learned that a long time ago. Follow the leader i.e. paint by numbers what the church says if you stick to what the church says you will bear fruit it's 2000 years been proven true and no one has better ideas than what the church teaches we get in our own way constantly people catholics we have to follow what the church teaches you look at orders religious orders that are, that are faithful they get vocations you look at bishops that are faithful they get seminarians you look at lay apostolates that are faithful they bear fruit everything that we do we didn't pay a single dime for dan who's given all of it, not yeah. a cent. Someone told us this. They said, you want to know you're doing something right for God? Start with no money. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's <awesome>. Nothing. <laughs> and I'm telling you, if you're faithful and, you know, from secular people, if they listen to that, they're like, you're crazy. No, I'm telling you, that's true. That is true. Yeah. And you look at religious orders that are faithful take you know i'm just going to pick an order the missionaries of charity take that study to harvard business school they make nothing they sell nothing they don't solicit money yet they're in 165 countries in the world they feed probably hundreds of thousands of people today every day they take care of 5,000 nuns all over the world. They have 100,000 lay volunteers. Joe. All money, nothing. What are your thoughts on that? Hey, you know, I think the, I mean, I love that. I love the idea of starting with nothing. It's, it is. It's the, 
um, part of discovering God's dream for your life is understanding that the Lord is a God of abundance and my inheritance is heaven. And so when I know that I have the inheritance of heaven, I, that means I have access to the resources of heaven. It would be stupid if I had an inheritance, like if my grandfather passed away and left me an inheritance and I had this giant bank account, but I never actually made any withdrawals. So having an inheritance is useless unless I make withdrawals from that inheritance. And I I think a lot of times we actually operate out of a poverty mindset as Catholics where we have this abundant resource of heaven and we don't make withdrawals out of the abundance of heaven. And so, um, you know, our, our, the, in heaven, the streets are paved with gold. So money is not a problem. Or resources, we need more than that. He's got the resources of hope, joy, gentleness, faithfulness, generosity, kindness, you know, patience, self-control. And when we when we understand the resources of heaven are at our disposal, it, it really is a game changer because instead of operating from this uh, destitution uh, or this like small-mindedness, I can start operating from a place of faithfulness and abundance. And it really changes things, you know, when, when we when we operate from a place of abundance. Absolutely. Dan DiMatteis joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Dan, let me ask you a question. Um, a lot of times people, people in their, in their minds, and I believe in their hearts. Okay. They, they, they agree with everything we're saying. Okay. Um, and then, and they do believe in Jesus and they believe in the church. Okay. But a lot of times I think what happens is people get caught up and say, well, how do I go about this? In other words, what are different things I can actually do that can help me along in my faith journey? And that's really like one of the things that your book is doing. So in the book, you present 21 days of meditations that sincere Catholics need to perform if they desire to live their lives as Jesus wants them to. Talk about that. Because to me, I'm all about being practical. If you if you tell me that it's efficacious to speak to our Mother Mary and pray the rosary every day, I'm going to say, okay, where's my rosary? Or as Padre Pio used to say, give me my weapon, all right? So those are practical things. I think a lot of people are looking for that. You provide it. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I think the thanks the there's a big difference between a God-given dreamer and a, a fantasizer, right? That a dreamer is someone who um, has received a revelation from the Lord, is convicted with faithfulness in that revelation, and pursues that dream um, in faith. Versus someone who just fantasizes and talks about, oh, God will do this, God willing, you know. And like I feel like there's people who sit around saying that, well, if God wants this to happen, then he'll make it happen. Well, that, that's not true. The Lord partners with us, and so he's given us the Holy Spirit so that we can, in partnership with him, pursue his dreams here on earth. And so if I sit around and say, well, if God wants me to do this, then it's going to happen, that, that's putting a conditional clause on my faithfulness. Like, if, like, whatever I say, if, that's like a conditional clause. And so, like, I don't want a conditional clause on my faithfulness. Like, when, when, uh, the Lord spoke to Abraham. It, it says that Abraham put his faith in the Lord, right? It's, and so he didn't put a conditional clause on the Lord. And so I think we need to be people who uh, they, we discover God's dream for our life and we put faith in that dream. And then we're activated in, in bringing that dream about. And so, yeah, the, the goal of this book is I read a lot of books and I find that a lot of books, um, they are really, really inspiring, but they uh, they don't actually translate into my day-to-day -day life. And, and so what I try to do in this resource is just provide something that not only helps inspire people and give people courage and um, an increase of faithfulness, but also has daily activations. So day by day, as you go through this journey, there's activations that will help you actually uh, discover God's dream for your life and then put that dream into action. And, um, and once we get moving, then things can really happen. I think that's great. I, I really, I'm going to hand it right back over to Joe. Um, I think that's great because I think that, you know, it, there, we need to look at this in a very, how should we say, a very sober way. In other words, no, you're not going to do everything on your own. And no, you, it is good and, 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 and fruitful to pray, but we have to be those prayerful people who then go out and act. There are things that we could do. You mentioned it. Cooperation with God's grace, partnership with, with God's plan, doing what he wants us to do. Um, so I'm glad you I'm glad you you put it like that, Dan. Thank you for that. With that, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to Joe. I think our biggest enemy is fear. Uh what Catholics or non-Catholics, I mean, even in like business or in life, you know, you have to take risks. It's one of the themes of this show is you have to get out of the boat. You have to get out of the boat. I mean, like 
If you expect to do anything in life, whether in the church or out of the church, you got to get out of the boat. You talk to successful people. They take chances. And that is the same thing you do as a disciple of Christ. You take chances. You get out of the boat. And one thing I have learned is when you give something, God will always give more of yourself. When you take that chance, you're married, you're open to life. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I could do this. Yes, you can. Why? Because God said so. God said so, not me. God did. So trust him. Get out of the boat. Talk about that. Talk about how fear holds us back and the need to get out of the boat. Yeah. I love that, Joe. Um, I reflect on a little bit of the different fears in the book, uh, what prevents us from accomplishing God's dream. I think fear of failure is a big one. Um, and fear of failure is, is really, it cripples people. They don't want to, they don't want to set, step. they don't want to speak a dream and then not accomplish that dream because then they spoke it out loud to all these people. And they're like, oh man, I didn't accomplish it. And so another fear is just the fear of the opinions of others, right? They're, they're afraid of failing. They're afraid of the opinions of others. And those two fears truly cripple us from accomplishing anything great with our life. And I think the way to overcome that fear is um, to just really abide in God the Father. That when I know that there's something so powerful about Jesus' baptism, that before he started his public ministry, as he came out of the baptismal waters, the heavens opened up. The Holy Spirit came upon him, and the Father said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. I believe those words, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased, they, they are words that make fear fall off of you. Because when I know that I'm a beloved Son of the Father, I'm already accepted. And so the, the, the opinions of others mean nothing to me when I have the acceptability of the Father. And when the Father says, you are my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased, I don't need other people to tell me they're pleased with me. I don't need to perform for other people because the only person that matters, the, the Father has already declared that he is pleased with me. And I'll tell you what, when I, as a son of God, discovered that, it changed everything for me because the opinions of others started to fall off of me like, uh, like the, it was impossible for them to stick on me, right? And the fear of failure started to, like, it couldn't stick on me. Why? Because I'm working with my dad, and a son just loves his dad and wants to do the work with the dad. It's not actually about the end game. Like, when my son wants to do a construction project with me, we're excited about the end of the construction project, but the reason we do it is so that we can do the work together. And so ultimately, pursuing God's dream is about doing the work of the Father with the Father. And the outcome it doesn't, the outcome isn't as important as, as, as the person I'm doing the work with. And, you know, even in, in Hebrews chapter 11, St. Paul says all, all these amazing guys like Abraham, by faith, Abraham did this. By faith, Noah did this. By faith, Moses did this. By faith, they like uh, person after person. He says all of these saw the promises of the father from a distance when they died. A lot of us, We'll have huge dreams on our life that even when we die, they haven't been fulfilled, but we see them from a distance with the Father. And the beauty is when I co-labor with the Father in heaven, I get to continue to co-labor with the Father. And I get to continue to work those dreams into existence here on earth. And so, um, so I think failure is not a, not a thing when you're a son of God, when you're a daughter of God. It's just not – it doesn't impact you. Um, I try a lot of different things. Uh, I, I try to be a Catholic innovator, a Catholic entrepreneur, and uh, certain things stick, certain things don't. Certain things work, certain things don't. What, what we like to say is we're going to um, do whatever the Father's blessing. So we try something. If the Father blesses it, we keep doing it. If the Father doesn't bless it, we move on and try something else. And uh, so just being aware of where God's moving, how God's moving, and how we partner with that is really See, important. that's a very healthy way to look at life. I think, you know— Life does not make sense outside of Christ. It really doesn't. Um, but within Christ, you can accept failures because it's part of everyone's life. And you just say, well, that just wasn't meant to be. And there's something yeah. else that I have to do. And because God is in control. Men always want to be in control. We're in control of nothing. 
nothing. In a second, your life can change. In a second. And, and but we 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 pretend like we're in control. Another thing, like, and I, I love your comment on it, is just the providence of God. Like the saints did it God's way. And if you do it God's way, he's going to provide. I think fear is to that, like, well, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? God will provide if you do it God's way. Like, I've learned, Dan, and, and I, then I'd love your comment. My way doesn't work. Like, I'm a 51-year-old man. I learned this by 22. I tried it my way. It doesn't work. And I am 51, and my life has benefited greatly by following it God's way, because God's way works. Talk about that in terms of, of dispelling fear. Yeah. You know, I think the, I, I love that, just doing it God's way. And I think the, um, uh, you know, I think part of, part of it is discovering God's dream for our life and not our own dream. And so I think that that is hard because sometimes we we, we have our own personal dreams and they can even be church dreams, right? They can be like God. Uh, they can, they, they can be good, holy dreams that seem like they're, or, or not. They, it's just, it's, it's sometimes they it can be egocentric without us knowing they're egocentric, if that makes sense, where we're pursuing something that we think is, it's, it's, it's like what I want, what I want, what I want, what I want, what I want. And, and it's, uh, and you see this a lot, even in church leadership, where we're pursuing all kinds of things for ourselves and for our glory, and because we think this is going to be awesome, and it's a great pro program or a great idea, and there's there's something really beautiful about just taking a back seat for a while, and in this process, this book, Dream Bigger, what I try to do is help you just take a back seat and just let the Father show you his dreams for everything, for the world, his dreams for your neighborhood, his dreams for your family, his dreams for your parish, his dreams for China, his dreams for Africa, his dreams for the poor, his dreams for the um, the women who are, are uh, pregnant outside of wedlock and considering an abortion. Just sit back and, and say, Father, what's your dream for these people? What's, what's your heart for them? And allow your heart to be broken. And sooner or later, as you sit back with the Father and just go on a beautiful prayerful journey with him through his heart in this world. He's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, this is where I want you to contribute. This is how I want you to help me. And, you know, I have such a heart for so many things that I can't possibly help the Lord with. Like I don't have, I'm a limited person with limited uh, time and, and resources. He's an unlimited God. And so I just labor in the vineyard the Lord's asked me to labor in. And there's some vineyards that I love so deeply that I, I haven't been asked to labor in. Like, I love China, and I wish I could, like, um, proclaim the gospel in China. It's on my heart for some reason. And But God hasn't called me to labor in that vineyard, so what do I do? I just, I, I'm an intercessor for them. And I've got the Chinese flag in my car on my dashboard, so every day when I'm driving, I see that flag, and it reminds me to be an intercessor for the Chinese people and for the church in China. And, and so there's ways that even when I'm not pursuing, I, I'm not working in one vineyard, I can actually really pursue God's dreams through intercession. I can pursue God's dreams through tithing. I can pursue God's dreams through my time and my talents, but, but the Lord's going to tap you on the shoulder and tell you when, when to, when to roll up your sleeves and get to work. Um, but we should do it according to his plan and not ours. Dan DiMatteis joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. So his new book is Dream Bigger, and that's what we're talking about. Um, the subtitle is A 21-Day Journey to Unlock God's Dream for Your Life. So, Dan, we're going to take a little break. But real quick, uh, where can our audience buy the book? And also, where uh, can our audience uh, learn more about you or follow you, whether it's social media or, or any other outlet? Yeah, that's great. I mean, my, I'm on Facebook, Dan Dimite. Um, the book is available on Amazon, Dream Bigger, or uh, Sophia Press. So you could go on uh, Sophia Press uh, and get the book there. And if you want to learn about our ministry, uh, my ministry is called Damascus, and our website's damascus.net. Awesome. Thank you for that, Dan. So like I said, we're going to take a quick break. Dan, I hope you don't mind me saying we, we encourage our audience members not to use the big box stores, but to go to Sophia Institute Press. We need to support our Catholic bookstores, our Catholic publishers like Sophia Institute. So please go out and buy Dan's book. 
but buy it primarily from Sophia Institute Press if you can. So we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Frontline with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello, and we are way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. So stick around. We have another great segment with Dan DiMattei. We'll be right back. Listen to all five of our original Veritas shows. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank, where Bishop Frank Caggiano talks about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. You can hear The Frontline with Joe and Joe every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe and Joe talks to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, tune in for the only late-night talk show on Catholic media anywhere. It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. And at noon on Friday is Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Right after that, at 12.30, you can hear the Focus on Veritas, where we put the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello, and we are way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're being joined by Dan DiMattei, and his new book out at Sophia Institute Press is Dream Bigger, a 21-day journey to unlock God's dream for your life. So, Dan, um, I wanted to ask you, um, you, you were talking about, you were talking about God's view of our our pursuits, our priorities, our passions, okay, the things that we want, many of which there's nothing wrong with, okay, uh, they could be good, but how important is it for us? See, you wrote the book, it's called Meditation, a 21-day journey of meditation. Why is it important for us to meditate on those things, but in light of what God wants for our life? I mean, what, what how, how do we do that, and why is that important? Um, his ways are not our ways. <laughs> his plans are not our plans. And so it takes time um, to get his blessing. It takes time to discover his, his thoughts. And uh, there's a reflection in the book just on the beauty of Jacob wrestling uh, with the Lord all night long. And, you know, sometimes we kind of settle for cheap dreams and we settle for cheap ideas because we haven't wrestled with the Lord long enough. There's something about like Jacob is wrestling with the Lord all night long. And I, I was a wrestler, pretty good wrestler in high school. Wrestling's an intense sport. You wrestle a, uh, a six minute match. And at the end of six minutes, you are extremely spent. Like your body is physically depleted, you know? So the wrestling is an all-in activity, and Jacob wrestles God all night long, and God gets tired. He's like, let go, and Jacob's like, I'm not letting go until you give me your blessing, and I think that's the way we have to pray, man. If we want God to do something big in our life, we've got to be like, God, if, if he's discovered the dream, and it hasn't happened yet, like if you've discovered the dream that God has for your life, and it hasn't happened, or the resources haven't been provided, get in the adoration chapel, and just wrestle the heck out of God, and say, I'm not letting go of you until you give me your blessing. I believe you want this to happen, Lord, and so let's bring it about. Let's fight for this. Let's wrestle for this. Let's pray and pray and pray until this comes about. Or if you're struggling to discover God's dream for your life or his plan for your life, get in the arena and wrestle with him until he tells you. And so prayer is not a cheap thing. It's not like a get God's plan quick fix, you know, like you got to wrestle with him. Uh, you got to spend time in silence. You got to get spend time getting to know him. You you don't know the the mind of Christ until you know the character of God. And so getting to know the character of God and the way he operates, the way he um, the way he acts, we discover that through hours upon hours of uh, and hours of prayer and study of scripture and of meditating on his word. And um, it can't be cheap. I agree. Um, and I want to expand on that a little bit. I mean, you know, listen, we live in America. 
um, we all have all types of friends, people who are achievers. They go to college, they study, they work hard, they put in hours. People go to the gym religiously. It's the same thing with your relationship with God. You have to have a daily prayer life. You have to have a sacramental life. You can't give what you don't have. And everything comes from God. At, at the Mass, what does the priest say? He's the fount of all holiness. God, not you, not me, not Joe, God. And that means we have to empty ourselves. You see, we and what you said is spot on. What is your prayer life like? What are you doing? Saying a Hail Mary before you go to bed isn't going to cut it. It's not going to change your heart. And now listen, we work in the world. I have five kids. I work. My wife works to pay bills. Life is hard. What do you do? Well, you know something? You can do something. You could read scripture every day on the bus. You can go to mass at your lunch hour. After this interview, I'm going upstairs and I'm praying the rosary with my wife. That's what I can do. And I do it. And that's how you basically become a follower of Christ. Talk about the need for a prayer life because everyone needs it. It's not just for priests. Yeah. yeah you know, I think if you're going to, especially if you're trying to discover God's dream for your life and if you're pursuing God's dream, you just need intimacy with the one. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, I think it's going back to that fear of failure, the fear of the opinions of others. It's just there's something about intimacy with the Father that reveals everything. Um, so this book is it's a 21-day journey. It's broken into three sections. The first section is about being an all-in Christian, giving my life entirely to Jesus Christ, and discovering what it means to advance the kingdom with my life, and in that, discovering God's dream for my life. The second part is is, is actually entitled Intimacy with God. And there's apart from intimacy with God, there's there is no ability to discover God's dream and there's no ability to execute God's dream. And so prayer, it's it's the life force. It's the um, it's where I get the faith. It's where I get the muster. It's where I get the endurance. It's where I get the hope. It's where I get the, the desire. It's where I get the revelation. And I get people to ask me a lot. You know, I talk a lot about dreaming and discovering God's will for your life and so they'll be like, yeah, I'm just starting a vocation. I don't know what to do. Or it's like God wants me to do something great with my life. What should I do? And it's just kind of funny because it's like the simple answer is there's there's only one person who can tell you what God wants you to do with your life. It's God. <laughs> and there's only one way you can discover that. It's by talking to him. And so uh, learning to hear God in prayer is so vital. Um, and when you know, it's not like I get one revelation and I move on. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pray and God's going to tell me what his dream for my life is. And then I'm set. Like, I feel like I'm back on my knees all the time because when you're in a battle, um, the enemy hits in ways that you're not expecting. And so you've got to, you got to readjust your battle plan and things, uh, you know, obstacles arise that you weren't expecting. So you have to learn how to overcome those obstacles. And, um, and so it, it, it's a journey with the Father, and all that happens through prayer. And it's not like it's, I've got to pray so that I can get grace, or I've got to do this so that I can earn this. It's, I'm working with my dad. And when I'm working with my dad, I'm talking to him, and I love him, and he loves me. And we're just, we're, we're planning this journey together. We're doing this thing together. And so it's not like, man, you got to do this to get this. It's, no, you want to you want to do this because you love him and he loves you. And it's a relationship, not, not something you earn. It's something you experience. Absolutely. Dan DiMattei joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic radio network. We're discussing Dan's new book, which is published by Sophia Institute press uh, dream bigger, a 21 day journey to unlock God's dream for your life. Dan, um, you, you said you mentioned obstacles, OK, and Joe and I are, are very we hammer on the show all the time. We we got a lot of obstacles, especially as American Catholics, a lot of distractions, right? A lot of things going on. 
talk to our audience about some of the more preeminent obstacles that we face. Identify maybe a couple for our audience and maybe maybe some practical advice that how to just, you know, get either, either jump over hurdle over that that or jump over that hurdle or, you know, go around that obstacle. Uh, what are some of the things that can get get thrown at us? Um, uh, especially like a distraction comes to mind to, for me, especially in America with the, you know, everything going on with politics and the culture war and everything. And those things are important, but what are some of the obstacles? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the first one that comes to my mind is lukewarmness, uh, just a complacency, a, a, a plateaued spiritual life, or even a plateau missional life. I think that most people say I'm, I'm, I'm doing better than my neighbor, so I'm doing all right. You know, like I compare myself to um, the other Catholics in the church or the I compare myself to the Catholics who aren't in the church. And so I say, oh, I'm better than them, so I'm all right. But Jesus has followed me, which means make the measure of my life him. And so the only thing I should measure my life to is him. And not not saying that um, – it, it, I get a, I get to measure my my missional life, my mission to his mission, right? And he came to seek and save the lost. And so I, th- I, th- I just think we need to make sure we don't spiritually plateau. Um, and that we 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 uh, one of my favorite quotes I just recently heard it was fr- it's from a um, a Protestant uh, missionary who who won a couple nations for for the gospel for Jesus, and he said the secret to missionary work is work. <laughs> and uh, and I, I think there's an element that we don't want to admit that, you know, like, so the secret of missionary work is faith and prayer. Yes. But the the only way to win a nation is to work. You gotta, you gotta work to change, like translate the Bible into the language of the natives that you have to work to learn the language of the natives. You have to work to earn their respect. You gotta like, you gotta work and missionaries are tired and they're, 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 they're Jesus says, I want you to be a laborer in my vineyard. Uh, not not a couch potato uh, in my living room, and, and so you know, I think there's there's an element where complacency is a huge obstacle. I think another obstacle is making our dream um, an idol, and uh, so I think sometimes we can want the dream so bad that we actually start to accidentally worshiping. We start worshiping the dream, and um, and, and so it's it's really important to make sure that as I pursue big, holy, audacious dreams that God has placed in my heart, I, I always worship the living God and not the thing God's asked me to do. And, and so to make sure that the dream doesn't become an idol. And I always say the way to accomplish that is to to place the dream on the altar. So if I'm willing to sacrifice, I've got giant dreams and, um, and I, I want to do big things with my life for the sake of the kingdom of God. Um, and, you know, at least weekly, I'm, I'm on my knees in the chapel, uh, nervous that the, the, the dreams are just bigger than I, I I'm able to do, which they are, that, that it's God, it's God has to bring them about. And in that kind of wrestle with the Lord, just placing those dreams back on the altar and saying, Lord, this is yours. It belongs to you. And so if you want this, it's all you, I'm not going to worship it. It's not going to consume my mind. It's not going to consume my heart. It's not going to consume my, um, my temperament. Uh, the, you're going to consume all of that. And, and so Letting him be the Lord of our life is so important and uh, not allowing even good things to get in the way of that. Absolutely. Dan DiMatteo joining us. I'm going to hand it right over to Joe, Dan. But one thing one thing you said reminded me of St. Benedict, aura et labora, pray and work, you know, and then yeah. you think about it. You, you mentioned, you know, winning nations for the gospel. You know, Germany was in Germany then, but we know what we're talking about, was civilized you know, by, by the, you know, the, the rule of St. Benedict and it was work, it was pray, but then you got to work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you got to roll up your sleeves. You mentioned working in the vineyard. That's not just metaphorical, you know, it is on one level, but, but on one level, no, it's actually very real. Roll up your sleeves yeah. and get in the breach or get in the trenches and start working. Joe Rasinello, where do you want to head? I want to talk about the obstacle of fear of vulnerability. I find that God works when we make ourselves vulnerable. Um, We have to do that. Men do not want to be vulnerable. Um, Having children makes you vulnerable. Tithing makes you vulnerable. Not being afraid to express your faith publicly makes you vulnerable. Men don't want to be vulnerable. And you have to be vulnerable 
to allow the Lord in your life to really bear fruit. Saints allowed the Lord in their life and they made themselves vulnerable. Talk about that because I think that's important. It's it's it is an obstacle because like in order to do for God, you know, it's it's not mathematical like the world, like like a lot, you know, a lot of times people they throw everything aside and they follow the Lord. St. Peter jumps out of the boat and 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 you know tries to walk across the water. You know what I mean? Like that makes you vulnerable. We don't want to do that. Talk about the need for vulnerability and the fear of being vulnerable. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. You know, I don't know if I've got a lot of wisdom on that. I, I love what you said. Um, I was just, <laughs> I was thinking about uh, John chapter 12, verse 14. It says that Jesus found an ass and sat upon it. <laughs> and uh, that's all the scripture says. And uh, I think it, there's something beautiful about the fact that the Lord chose to ride into victory on a donkey on Palm Sunday, um, that there's something so humble about uh, about the Lord, but about uh, who the Lord chooses to use. <laughs> and the Lord's like, I'm not going to use a noble steed. I'm I'm going to use this this donkey here. And um, the Lord, he looks to us and he says, I want to use you. I want to use the small. I want to use the the weak. And um, I'm okay. I guess I'm okay being there. I, I was. In my early years, I was striving so hard to be perfect in so many ways. And there's something beautiful about realizing that in Christ Jesus, I am powerful. I am I am a priest, a prophet, and a king. I am anointed um, as a son of God, and I, I've got the power of God that lives inside of me. And at the same time, I'm not God, and uh, but God chooses to use me. And so I just love like, the ability to partner with God and bringing his, his great works about in this world and being able to be humbled uh, in that. In that. I, I think that the reason vulnerability is hard is because, uh, once again, we're just afraid of, of people's opinions. And, uh, and it's not when, when you stop worshiping the opinions of others and you start living from a place of acceptance by the Father, it really changes your heart. Amen. Absolutely. Amen is right. Dan Matei joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Now, Dan's book is available both on Amazon and Sophia Institute Press. The title is Dream Bigger, a 21-day journey to unlock God's dream for your life. We wish we had enough time to talk to Dan for a couple hours, but we do have about 10 minutes more or so. Uh, so we're going to get into a couple of other things. Um, so, Dan, obviously we're, we're talking about being men of action, Okay in humility, okay, but being men of action. We talked about work, yeah. rolling up our sleeves, making it happen, okay, cooperating with God's grace. But that does, at the end of the day, fundamental is uh, the need to have faith, that trust, that, you know, that fidelity, that we have to have faith in Jesus Christ that he has us. And all we need is the faith of a mustard seed. To explain the importance for us to keep that in our mind, the need to have that faith. And maybe you could give an example, perhaps even, even from your own life. Yeah. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. Faith is so fun. Uh, when <laughs> when you have faith in God, he, he, he shows up and he does amazing, miraculous things. Uh, a few years back, my friends and I, we were reading the Bible and we were just like, yeah, we're tired. The fact that Jesus promises all these things. He says, if you believe in me, you'll heal the sick, you'll raise the dead, you'll cast out demons. And we're like, well, we believe in you, Lord, but we're not seeing this stuff. And then we started to realize, well, we're not, we're not praying for this stuff. And we weren't praying that God would heal the sick. And we weren't praying to cast out demons. And, and so, you know, we started to school ourselves and learn how to pray with more holy audacity. And we started to pray for the sick. And those who are sick started to recover. I mean, in our community, we see signs and miracles all the time, like hundreds and, uh, and hundreds and hundreds of miracles. We've seen broken bones restored, torn ligaments healed, uh, um, uh, depression, anxiety driven out. We've seen cancer healed multiple times. We've seen blind eyes open. We've just seen amazing, amazing things. And, and God shows up when you pray. And so um, our faith increases when we see God do miraculous things. And because we're like, oh, he'll do it once, he'll do it again. And 
So faith is a game changer, man. When we when we believe that God can do anything, we always say that God dreams big. I mean, we dream big, but God dreams bigger. And um, and and so because His heart desires to do amazing things in this world, um, faith just gives Him permission to do it. You see over and over again in the scriptures that the Lord isn't able to accomplish miracles because of the lack of the people's faith. And so um, He's a miracle working God, and uh, I I believe that the the dreams that we have have to be bigger than our own human capacity. So if, if I think I could accomplish something on my own, and it's not a God-sized dream. Our, our dreams have to be God-sized dreams. And that means that it has to be, uh, in order for the dream to be fulfilled, it needs to pull faith out of me. It needs to demand my faithfulness and my faith in him to bring that dream about. When God spoke to Abraham, he, he took Abraham outside of his house and he said, Look to the stars in the heavens and count them if you can. So too will your descendants be. And I mean, that's a that's a God-sized dream. Abraham has no children. And he says, well, look up the, the sky and count the stars if you can, which secret you can't because it's impossible to. And the Lord basically says, I'm giving you an impossible uh, dream upon your life. He, you know, he, he speaks a dream over the Blessed Mother. And she's like, how can this be? And the angel says, well, nothing's impossible for God. And so... Having that dream where faith is pulled out of us is awesome. Um, I mean, I could, I, and I do in the book, I share so many miracle stories. I share uh, provision miracle stories. I mean, God, God's literally provided us with millions of dollars, like in the minute we needed them. Um, God has, uh, as I said, done all kinds of healing miracles. He's done um, miracles of multiplication for our ministry. So the Lord is a miraculous working God and the miracles in the Bible are still happening today. We have to be people who believe in it. I was actually blown away last Sunday at Mass. The, uh, it came from Luke chapter 5. The first reading on Divine Mercy Sunday um, was uh, about the apostles after Pentecost. And it says that they go around to all the towns and villages, and the people brought the sick and the informed and the demon-possessed before them. And it says, and all who were prayed with were healed. And what blew my mind about this is in Luke 5, up. It, what, what blows my mind, I'm sorry, not Luke 5, Acts, Acts chapter 5, um, and, and, and what Luke is saying in Acts chapter 5 is the same thing that happened in Jesus's life and in Jesus's ministry happened in the apostles' life and in their ministry. And I always say we're living in Acts chapter 2022. So this is our chapter and this is our book. And we've got the same Holy Spirit that they had. And so it's time that we start living like the apostles. And it wasn't just the prayers of the apostles, it was the acts of the apostles. And so God wants to perform miraculous acts through our hands, not when we're dead, it's, a, it's when we're alive. He wants to mm -hmm. do it now. You see that in the lives of the saints. They didn't become saints when they were dead. They were saints when they were alive. And that's why we said they're saints. You know, you, were, you, you it's funny. I was just going to talk about saints, how they mobilize people. Saints mobilize people because actions speak. One of the most interesting mm. people we ever interviewed was Michael Grogan. Michael Grogan is blind legally. And I, I knew him, and he moved into an apartment in the Bronx that, like, to be honest with you, you should have had an AK-47 to live in this apartment. He's a blind man. He's not like a physically strong man. And he moved into the apartment to witness to Christ. 30 people are baptized in the apartment. You wow. see, that's a miracle. And that's real. Wow. You see, that's what I talk about, like vulnerability. That's blind trust in God. And that's Literally. who God used. Like, yeah, see, yeah. That's true. <laughs> and like, this is like what people and then, need. And then the stones to get out there. I, I mean, the, Joe, tell him where he lives now. He's in Kensington. He's in, in Kensington, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, where it's like, it's like Needle City. Like there's Harold like Dante's City. Eight Circle, and then there's Kensington, and then there's Dante's Ninth Circle. So that's how bad Kensington is. But this is what I mean. Like, like we have to, when we trust God, um, like just beyond comprehension, like you tell that to a person, like, you know, a functioning person in the world, they would be like, you're crazy. Like, like, no, I'm not. God sent me there. 
and it'll happen. You see, we have to have faith like that. And God can do anything. Like that story blows my mind. And like, I think that's what we have to do. Saints mobilize people. Actions mobilize people. Talk about how saints, listen, we all could do stuff like that. We just got to get out of the boat, Dan. Yeah, I love that. You know, one of the things I say in the book is that um, we've got to make our dream public um, because when we make our dream public, what it does is it pulls greatness out of me because now all of a sudden people, I want to put my money where my mouth is. But secondly, it mobilizes people. It gives people permission to get behind that dream and to say, hey, I want to help you do that. I, I, I have that same dream. Let's get this done. And there's something about a dreamer or a visionary who is able to mobilize people to accomplish something. There's a story for bricklayers and the first bricklayer, someone comes up and says, Hey, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm laying bricks. And the person nods their head and moves on. And the second bricklayer, someone comes up to him and says, Hey, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm building a wall. And the person stands there for a few seconds, watches them lay a few bricks and then moves on. And the third bricklayer, someone comes up and says, Hey, what are you doing? He says, I'm building a grand cathedral. It's going to take decades to accomplish, and thousands of people will come to this cathedral as a pilgrim site, and this place will be the house of God. And, ga and people gathered and helped this bricklayer lay bricks and mobilize resources to build this cathedral because there's something about when people see what you're building, they want to support you. They want to get behind that. And if, if we simply are laying bricks with our life or with our ministry, there's, there's nothing – inspiring about it and so people aren't going to get behind it i think secondly joe you keep saying um uh get out of the boat and uh, there's this real uh i tell the story in the book but there's this this moment in my ministry so i was at a parish it was an amazing parish it's ran by dominican friars it was like i had like uh four dominican friars on staff there was dominican sisters that lived there i was the only lay minister in the parish it was a really big beautiful traditional catholic parish and um, and I was the director of youth ministry and young uh, and uh, religious education. And I'd been there for eight years. All the ministry was just fantastic. It was going amazing. I loved the families. And one day in adoration, out of nowhere, I hear God simply say, Dan, go the boat. And instantly, when I heard those words in prayer, I knew exactly what he meant. The parish had become a comfort zone. My job, my ministry had had become a comfort zone for me. And um, I went to the pastor that, that next day and I said, Father, um, I think it's time for me to leave and, uh, uh, and find another position in ministry. And I, I think the Lord's asking me to get uncomfortable again. And uh, when, I, when I did that, I had been dreaming to own a summer camp for years. Literally for 15 years, we had, I had been running a summer camp uh, in, in my spare time but I didn't own a camp property. Within a few months after telling father that I was planning on leaving that the parish position, um, the Lord brought a donor together uh, before us who said, I want to help buy you a camp. And that, that dream that I had for so many years, simply getting out of the boat and trusting in God, um, it gave God permission to unlock the resources to bring his dream about in my life. And we ended up buying 500 acres of land. We built a $25 million ministry campus. At that point, I was ministering to 1,000 kids a, a summer. Now we're ministering to 20,000 young people a year. God unlocked something huge because I got out of the boat. And I think as people read this book, Dream Bigger, um, I do think some people will be challenged to, to quit their jobs and do what they've always felt called to do, but have always been afraid to do. I think some people are going to change courses and, and and change actions in their life because they've always been living in fear and God wants you to overcome those fears and do something great with your life. Uh, there's no reason to live a mediocre life. God wants us to take risk for him and to do something amazing for him. Absolutely. Dan DiMatteo, like I said, it's a shame we only have an hour because brother, we could talk to you for a very long time. These are important things that we have to get out there um, in this culture war. And yes, it is a spiritual battle. Okay. Um, that is, I wish people would understand. I always say culture war, uh, you could call it political battles. Ultimately, we know it's a spiritual battle that we're engaged yep. in. So it's just so wonderful that, uh, that you would take the time um, and come on our show to talk to our audience about the need to do these things. Dan, we have about a minute left. Please, a couple final thoughts for our audience. Most importantly, where they could find more, find out more about you and the title of the book and where they could buy it. Yeah, amen. 
the church needs dreamers. So I didn't write this book to become rich and famous. I wrote this book to unlock something in the church again. And I'm so, I just want you to buy this book for yourself and for others so that they would experience uh, the, the bigness of God again. Um, so you can find it, Sophia Institute, Sophia Press. It's called Dream Bigger. Um, and our ministry is Damascus.net. Check us out. And uh, I have a, a podcast as well, Beyond Damascus. We have a lot of fun um, talking about kingdom stuff. Absolutely. And next time you're going to have Joe and Joe on your show, Dan. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. I well, come on in. We, we, I don't know if we can handle you guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. It'll be, a, it'll be a blast. Oh, wait, again, remember, it's three paisans, but we're all on, we're all on the side of Jesus Christ. So, you know, it, it's <laughs> only, only good things are going to come from it. Dan, thank you so much, brother, for joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. We want to thank all of you out there for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Network Radio mobile app and share it with your friends so that wherever you are, you can listen to our station and you could have access to all of our station's content. And if you would be so kind, uh, you could help Joe and I out on social media. You're, we, we are at The Frontline TV on YouTube, The Frontline TV. If you find us there, like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. And our website is TheFrontlineTV.com, TheFrontlineTV.com. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.